Hi there. Uh, welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Gus, hi. <laughs> There's just zero intro. We were supposed to be talking, and then I just started the video because, you know, one of the best things to do is catch a person off guard. <laughs> How you doing? Really? Come on! <laughs> Great. Good, 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 good. Good. Glad you hear it. <laughs> Pain is just weakness leaving the body, Gus. Speaking of doing great. <laughs> That's the worst segue I've ever heard. There's a, there's a character in the Bible, uh, <coughs> Satan. Yes, yeah. Uh, which um, is bad, right? He's bad. Just yeah. like sin is bad. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're very deep uh, theological uh, conclusions from the cooking class. It's fantastic. <laughs> So um, there is a question as to uh, the book of Ezekiel and yeah. how Satan fell, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was taught growing up, yeah. um, maybe you were taught the same thing, and many people have been taught yeah. that you can look back to the fall of Satan and you can go to passages like found in Isaiah or yeah. found in Ezekiel, and you can see exactly uh, what happened with what Satan. Happened yeah. with Satan. So, Two weeks ago, last week, you talked uh, to our yep. ca uh, our class um, about this. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of wanted to ask you about uh, that. And okay, so this is really like uh, this is an issue that I was taught as well. And yeah. and I think this these these two texts. There's two texts: Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And they get a lot of press uh, because they have used language that we're not used to in the Old Testament, and they seem to describe Satan and his fall. So what we're going to yeah. do is uh, quickly look at those two passages talk hermeneutically about how to deal with them, and then we'll talk about what the Bible actually does tell us about Satan's fall, right? Okay, Okay. so the two texts that get used are Isaiah, tw Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. So we'll start with the Ezekiel 28 text. Um, the reason why people uh, the reason why people believe this is Satan is because there's some language used here that's very odd. It says in verse 13 of Ezekiel 28, uh, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Uh, in verse 14, it says you were the anointed cherub. Uh, and so you have language that's that, that that's used that sounds verse 15 uh, angelic, you were blameless yeah and the time that you were in created, your ways yeah, yeah from the day that you were created yeah. until unrighteousness was found and yeah. you're not born but created yeah so again language that sounds angelic language yeah. that sounds um that sounds high and exalted mm -hmm. and then he uh, then this person falls uh mm -hmm. now so we want to just start by saying this. there's a lot of confusing language in this passage mm -hmm. uh and we're not gonna be able to answer all the questions but in a very simple summary hermeneutically there's always a danger when we come to texts that have language that's unfamiliar to us mm -hmm. and one of those dangers is to read into it something that the author didn't ever put in there <clears throat> and the reason where we want to be careful in this text particularly is because Ezekiel tells us who he's talking about in yeah. verse 12 in verse 12 he says son of man take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him thus says the Lord God mm -hmm. so Ezekiel is uh, is being told precisely who God is talking about yeah. and telling and being told to tell the king of Tyre this. Yeah. Now, again, we have this is an exilic book within a couple hundred years. The Tyre does fall to Alexander the Great. And so we have this lamentation over the king of Tyre and judgment that's coming upon mm. that city. Now, again, is there confusing language? Yes. 
the two the two phrases that are very complex are verse 13 at the beginning you are in eden the garden of god mm-hmm. we won't take the time to look at this but that that phrase is used in ezekiel 31 to describe assyria mm-hmm. uh, eden the garden of god is used to describe assyria metaphorically so again we don't have a problem seeing this as a metaphorical thing the other thing that's interesting here is that all of the language here is used of the tyrian cult, uh, mm-hmm. the Tyrian religious cult uh, of the worship of a god called Melkart, which mm-hmm. uh, in, in ancient Phoenician is just the god of the city. And so uh, the, all the language here is used of, of the worship of that god. Uh, and so when it talks about all these things, the Eden, the garden of God, covered with precious stones, all uh, the, the gold, the workmanship, mm-hmm. um, walking among the fire, the stones of fire, yeah. uh, the mountain, the holy mountain of God, um, that language is used of the worship of Melkart. So what would we say about this passage? Could it be talking about the fall of Satan? My inclination is to say no, that that language, uh, even the phrase the cherub it was used of that, that, that picture of an angelic being that's actually used of the Sphinx that guarded the temple outside yeah. of, uh, outside of the, the temple of Melkart in the city of, in the center of the city of Tyre. So again, all this language could be used of that. What we do know is that this language is these kind types of phrases in this language is never used in reference to Satan or in reference to the Garden of Eden in any other text in the Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> so what we would have to do to <clears throat> conclude that this is Satan in this passage in Ezekiel 28 is to read into the passage <clears throat> that Satan yeah. is being mentioned yeah. here, even though his name is not mentioned, and to do that only on the basis of language that's not used of Satan anywhere else in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we want to be very cautious to do that, and particularly when Ezekiel tells us exactly who God is talking to. Yeah, the exactly. King of Tyre. Exactly. So that that passage, I think it's best to just take it as a passage about the King of Tyre. Uh, and then just say, well, there's some confusing language. We're okay with some confusing language because of the nature of that ancient city and the ancient religious yeah. worship that happened there. Yeah. The other passage that gets used is Isaiah chapter 14. And Isaiah chapter 14 gets used uh, starting in verse 12 because, again, you have language that sounds angelic. Uh, he, here there's this lamentation over the king of Babylon, a taunt against the king of Babylon. And it says in verse 12, How have you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn? Uh, and then it says, verse 13, But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, I will sit on the mountain of the assembly in the recesses of the north. So again, you have language that's used that sounds very angelic, Uh, very uh, self-exalting. Again, we have a problem hermeneutically because the text never tells us that it's Satan, number one. Number two, and never uses another name for Satan, never uses any of the names that are used in the Old Testament for Satan. Number two, if you just look at verse four, we actually hear what it is that, who it is that, uh, that Isaiah is talking about. God again tells Isaiah take up this taunt against the king of Babylon and say. Yeah. So he tells us who Isaiah is speaking to. So again, we have the, the text telling us that it's talking about the king of Isaiah, uh, about the king of Babylon. Isaiah is telling us that it's talking about the king of Babylon. And the only reason that we should take this text to apply to Satan is because of some phrases that sound potentially satanic. Yeah. So again, we just uh, just hermeneutically, we want to stay away from anything uh, where we're reading into a text what isn't apparently there. Yeah, exactly. So again, I would take this passage to just be talking about uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and a taunt that God is raising up against him because of his pride. Now, both the king of Tyre, king of Babylon, incredibly proud men, 
they believe that they were descended from the gods. Yeah. There's this divine right of rule uh, in the ancient kings, among the ancient kings. They believe that they were descended from the gods. And so they were very proud men. Yeah. And they were also probably satanically inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're running these massive empires where they're essentially crushing any kind of righteousness in the empire. And so you have very proud men, probably satanically inspired, enemies of Israel, so there probably is satanic influence, but these texts are not specifically referencing Satan and his fall. Yeah. So, hermeneutically uh, speaking, and maybe this should be a topic for another yeah. uh, video in the future, but but just quickly, how would you? Uh, what is what is your mindset as you come to a passage yeah. in the Old Testament that you don't know really well? It sounds like it's talking about something Satan else, or yeah. something else. Uh, what would be the rule of thumb yeah, for you? So, so what we want to do always in our interpretation of the Bible is understand authorial intent, mm -hmm. right? So we come to a text like these and we say, okay, well, what was the author intending to yeah. communicate? Exactly. If Isaiah had been intending <clears throat> to speak about Satan, he could have. Yeah. Uh, there was language for that, There's right? language yeah. for that. I mean, yeah. it's used consistently in the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be even his name. It could have been him as accuser or yeah. any of those things. So there is a ways to speak about Satan. Yeah. And yet Isaiah doesn't. Neither does Ezekiel. Yeah. Exactly. But they do tell us what they are, who they are talking yeah, about. Exactly. And so hermeneutically, when we come to a text, we want the author to speak to us. We yeah. don't want to look at it and say, ooh, tricky language. Maybe there's something else there. Yeah. That's yeah. always dangerous for us to do. Yeah. So when the author tells us who he's talking about, we want to take it at face value and say, okay, this is talking about this is talking about the king of Tyre. This is talking about the king of Babylon. God is taunting them and taking up a lamentation against them because ultimately he's going to have victory over Israel's enemies, mm. which is really what's being communicated in those passages. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah great. So is there is there anything in the Bible about the fall of Satan? Yes. Okay, so yeah. just 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, we do find out that his sin is very similar to the sin of these kings. Not that those kings are being, not that he's being mentioned in those passages, but in 1 Timothy chapter Chapter 3, verse 6, we have the, the qualifications for overseers. Mm. And in this passage, it says that an overseer, an elder, should not be a new convert so that he will not be conceited, will mm. not become conceited, be filled with pride, and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. Mm. So what's the condemnation that is incurred by the devil? Well, in this case, what's actually, the condemnation that's being referenced there is not Isaiah 14 or Ezekiel 28. It's the condemnation of Genesis chapter 3, where God mm. condemns the serpent mm. and says that he's going to eat dust all the days of his life and that he would be l made low, yeah. right? So the condemnation is that God is condemning Satan. Not yeah. that there are that there are texts that talk about his pride, but that God is condemning yeah. him in Genesis chapter 3. And the language actually is parallel in this mm. verse as it is uh, with the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 3. So the <clears throat> did Satan fall in pride? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, he did. He was proud. He actually believed that he was like God and that he could speak for God, which is uh, exactly what a young convert would do in a situation where yeah. they were elevated to a leadership role in a ministry. And so that's what Paul is cautioning against. And then he says, it's the condemnation that is incurred by the devil. So we have a text that tells us Satan fell in pride, yeah. which we would agree with, yeah. and that he was condemned by God, which again, we would yeah. agree with. But there are specific texts that tell us when that happened. Yeah. Genesis chapter three, starting in verse 14, we have the condemnation of Satan. Mm -hmm. So again, we have language that tells us in the Old Testament, Paul picks that language up here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. And that's where we can like bank on the fact that the scriptures are telling us about how Satan fell and why. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Yeah. These are hard texts and hard questions. <clears throat> and so uh, if you have any questions, you can always email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Good.